0: What's going on everybody? It's your boy Mo back with another episode of Up In Flames. I got my guy Rob Cruz from the Football and Chill Podcast, aka Cruz Island. Show coming
1: soon. Cruz, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. We got about a foot of snow over the weekend, so i just been outside playing with the kids in the snow. It's been a lot of fun, though. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, hey, I'm not going to lie. I miss it. I see everybody enjoying the snow. I'm out here in uh, sunny Florida, just kind of enjoying some vacation time before I move to Texas. But, yeah. you know, it's only right to bring the football and chill guy in to talk football. Um, You know, we got so much stuff coming up. You got the NFL draft. You know, the Super Bowl just ended. So let's just get into some offseason stuff. Um, The biggest thing I want to talk about is the quarterback carousel. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are available for trade, could become available for trade or are very unhappy with their situation. And we don't know where that would take them and their franchise. So I want to start. We'll hit most of the quarterbacks, a lot of teams with quarterback needs and what they should do. Um, I want to start with the Matt Stafford, um, Jared Goff trade. And the reason I want to start there is because I think that sets the tone for every other quarterback that's available for trade and unhappy in their situation and what each team teams will have to give up. So With the Matt Stafford and Jared Goff trade, I'm going to shoot it to you. How do you think that trade and what the Rams had to give up for Matt Stafford, how do you think that's going to make guys like Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, like how do you think that messed up or raised the value of guys like that?
1: So I don't think it did, ultimately. I don't think it really affected them, and here's why. The reason – that the Lions were able to get so many first round picks along with Jared Goff is because that is a huge contract for a very lackluster Mm -hmm. quarterback, a very average quarterback. Be paying that much. I would not be surprised if Jared Goff was dealt again before the start of the season to Mm -hmm. kind of just get that, um, get that contract off and for the Lions to rack up more picks. So I think ultimately in the long run, it doesn't do a whole lot to change. Because when you look at somebody like Deshaun Watson, that's a big contract for a big time player, for a playmaker. He, mm-hmm. you know, he just led the league in receiving yards with um, Kenny Steels and and Willie Sneed, Which, no disrespect to them, but those aren't everyday, those aren't number one receivers on really any other team. So I think in the long run, right now it it may look like, you know, Watson's going to ask going to warrant a a big trade package, but I talked the other day to Mark Tyler, who's a writer for Hogs Haven, and he's saying that he's hearing that the Texans want two firsts, two seconds, and two starting defensive players. Mm-hmm. So that from the the Watson trade is not crazy big. It's not, you know, a, a huge jump off. It's not in addition to. so it's it's right around the same. It's not a whole whole lot of difference,
0: yeah. I mean, I think it affects it a little bit. I like where you were going, but I just – because, like you said, um, the golf co- the golf contract was bad kind of when it was made. We were kind of, you know, he was basically one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league, and we just didn't feel like he was, you know, a top-five quarterback. Kind of the same situation you and me hit on together um, when we first started doing this as far as the Dak situation. It's not that I didn't think des- Dak deserved to be paid. I just didn't think he should have been the highest-paid quarterback. I don't think he was worth 34 and a half. 35 million i think my opinion has changed on dak a little bit actually a lot um with how the cowboy season panned out this past year and how it could have panned out even with all the injuries if we had dak instead of andy dalton so and especially just to see the division but we'll get into dak in a little bit so you brought up deshaun watson um so you know as we know i think that relationship you know, the Texans are kind of keen on that's what they're asking for because I think they feel like they're asking for something unrealistic to not give up. Deshaun Watson kind of do their due diligence, set a price out there, and I don't think a lot of teams will bite on that. And the reason I say that was because I seen a trade. I don't know how legit of a package it was, but a possibility of a package where you basically will be trading Deshaun Watson to the 49ers for two first, two second. Jimmy G and Nick Bosa. Um, I don't know if the 49ers would really pounce on giving up Nick Bosa. I understand, you know, Deshaun Watson is is a huge deal and he would improve the 49ers right away. And I do think they would be a playoff team if they made that trade. But like you said, their defense is so strong. I don't know if they want to give up their best player on the defensive side of the ball to get a quarterback. Now, granted, I don't think without a top tier quarterback you're really gonna win a Super Bowl we're almost in the era of defenses can help you win a championship but you can't solely ride on the back of a defense you see the 49ers last year you know they rolled their um defenses back all the way to the Super Bowl and ended up losing to the best quarterback in the NFL and even you see it this year you know yes the Bucks defense played outstanding but when it came into the Super Bowl they rode their back and it took a great performance from Tom Brady to to ultimately capitalize their Super Bowl victory. So I do think you need a top-tier quarterback. Maybe he doesn't have to be top-tier all year, kind of like Tom Brady. Tom Brady wasn't. Didn't look like a top-tier quarterback all throughout the playoffs. You know, he didn't play great against Washington. Didn't really play great up until the Super Bowl. But it takes a guy, you know, with that kind of experience, he knows what to do. Those for a little over 200 yards. Those for three touchdowns. And basically all the guys they added on the team this year were the guys who ended up getting in the end zone. But I do think like, I think the 49ers specifically will hesitate having to add Nick Bosa into that trade package. Realistically for me, I think that asking price two first, two first, two seconds and two starting players period offense or defense. I think that's too much. Um, There's not a lot of teams. I think that are going to look at Deshaun and be willing to give up two starting players and their next two first round picks and two seconds. You take yourself out of four or five players uh over the next two years that could ultimately um you take yourself out that could ultimately contribute to a Super Bowl winning team. So I mean, what, what do you think about that asking price for Deshaun Watson?
1: I think it's fair. You know, definitely considering what we just saw with the Matt Stafford trade. And again, I, I know that I said that it's not going to be huge. It's not going to make a huge difference with Watson deal. But you're looking at because you already were going to give up draft picks. We knew that two first and two second is not very unreasonable. And I think two starting defensive players. That you're, you're going to be able you're going to. I, I guess I'm just looking at it from a Washington standpoint right now. If we were to give up Sweat and Allen, mm-hmm. yeah, that would suck. But we'd probably – we'd for sure have to give up Sweat in free agency in a few years when his contract is up anyways because we're going to – I've I've been saying, I'll continue to say, uh, Chase Young is going to reset the market for a defensive mm-hmm. end. So we're going to have to lose one of them. Sweat is the odd guy out. And Jonathan Allen, I mean, he he's a tremendous player. And – but – you know it's a lot easier to find you have four defensive linemen you only get one quarterback so mm. it's a lot easier to kind of plug in play and get a rotation and where maybe your inside guys aren't as great but you still got chase young on the end that's going to help those inside guys and you only get one quarterback it has to be a good one
0: yeah that i mean that is true i just think i just look at you're talking about two firsts and two seconds, probably over the immediate next two years. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, those are four or five. Like, you get a lot of gems in the first and second round, obviously. I mean, you do find guys later on who turn out to be, you know, um Pro Bowl caliber players, all NFL, you know, first team, all NFL type players. But at the same time, like, I don't have two first round. I don't have a first round pick over the next two years or a second round pick. It's also tough. To build talent around the quarterback or continue to build talent around the quarterback when you give up your immediate future over the next couple years i mean if you look at it, i think deshaun Watson is like 25 26 probably, i think he's like 25 so up until he's 27 the draft isn't the way to go for the 49ers let's say if the 49ers gave up all that or or your washington football team you're not really gonna look at building around him in the draft. And then you're going to have other holes free agency, you know, with the salary cap, we don't know what it's going to do over the next couple years with not being able to fill stadiums. And we don't know how long this is going to last. So COVID is going to play a big part on how much teams are willing to trade for a quarterback, knowing that they might not be able to spend that same amount of money and the projected free agents, like there's going to be a lot of free agents where, okay, we can improve in free agency, but if that salary cap goes down and a guy like Deshaun Watson is getting paid where he gets paid, it kind of sets your team back a little bit in the sense that we don't know what each salary cap is going to be each year over the next couple years because we don't know what the revenue is going to look like. So I think that's a factor and why teams aren't jumping to trade for Deshaun Watson because he's already gotten paid. They don't have to agree to terms on nothing that's his contract for the next 5 years. But I mean, so with speaking about Deshaun Watson before we move on, what team and I know you you Washington, you would plug your Washington, but outside of Washington football team to keep away from us being biased cuz I love them in Dallas, what team do you think he it would be realistic for them to trade for and be contenders immediately?
1: I think the the team that comes to mind is is Vegas. You know they got out there Henry Ruggs. They have Josh Jacobs in the backfield. Um, Derek Carr is, is a good quarterback, a tradable quarterback. That mm-hmm. you know him with a couple draft picks and maybe one other player could probably get the deal done for somebody like Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that way, Houston is does not have to worry about trying to find another, another quarterback, and they get draft picks back because they don't have any this year from the Laramie Tunsil trade. They don't have any right. this year or next year. So they have to get pits back picks back to kind of build around. Um they're gonna get a, a compensatory pick next year for JJ Watt because he left. Mm-hmm. I think. I could wrong. If be I'm not wrong. mistaken,
0: you're right. If I'm not um, mistaken, you're right.
1: So I, I think Vegas he he would he's a great plug and play player in, in Vegas.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go Miami. Um I just look at their team right now. And they kind of – that's what they were missing. Even I know we could say Devontae Parker is not a first option at wide receiver, and I do agree with that. I think if they're going to build the team the right way around Tua, they need to be looking at Jamar Chase um, with that number three pick. They need to look at Jamar Chase, yeah. Devontae Smith, uh, or later in the first round like a Rashard Bateman. I thought Chris Olave would have been a great guy to get later in the first round but obviously he went he returned back to Ohio State so I, but I felt like he would have been a great guy if you want to get the best player available at number 3 and then look at wide receiver and address it later in the first round this is another wide receiver heavy draft yeah. just like we seen last year so you know yes Devonte Smith and Jamar Chase are cream of the crop and those are the two best receivers you're going to get out of this but I think later in the first round you're going to have a Rashard Bateman Terrace Marshall, you know, there's going to be a lot of receivers available later in the first round that, okay, Devontae Parker is still your first option. He's your best wide receiver, but you have a competent number two wide receiver. So even if, you know, you consider – I consider Devontae Parker a second option. If he's your second option, you have a really good receiving core. Mm-hmm. But I also think that if you have two really good number two wide receivers, you'll be able to make some shake, especially with building around Tua. You got a good offensive line, and that defense was outstanding this past year. So I think Deshaun Watson makes perfect sense there for the simple fact that's what they were missing. And they have so many draft picks over the next couple years in the first three rounds that they could give up Tua, who's a young, you know, he just finished his rookie year. Granted, he didn't have the rookie year we thought he would, but he still has plenty of time yeah to you know it's only one year you can't like we can't call him a bust he still was led his team 10 and 6 i know it was him and fitzpatrick balancing on and off throughout the season but he played on the 10 and 6 team i just think that was what they were missing i think miami could have competed in the playoffs and possibly made a afc championship push kind of like the titans did last year if they would have had a guy like deshaun watson like if i solely Forget the draft picks of the future. If I just put Deshaun Watson on that team last year, I think, you know, Miami goes twelve and four. I think he's two to three wins better than Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tua. So I think they go twelve and four, 13 and three. Possibly play for the bye. You know, late in the season, they could have maybe went fourteen and two. I don't know. That's kind of going a little too far. But I think they could have made that AFC championship push and been just as good as Buffalo. Um, they were built. Kind of like Buffalo was the year prior to this past year with we're so good on defense, we just have some things to fix offensively. Yeah. Buffalo addressed that by going to get Stephon Diggs, putting some weapons around Allen. I think it could have been the same thing with Deshaun Watson. So I think he fits perfect in Miami. Their receiving core has been injured, but you would have Devontae Parker, you would have Mike Gasecki. and then you could get you a good receiver in the third, fourth round. I mean, look at Cleveland when uh, with the Browns the injury to Odell Beckham, they drafted Donovan Peoples-Jones in the sixth round. And he was a big contributor in certain games. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think he had a really crazy game, but he always made catches on time. They won a game because one of his touchdown catches. So, you know, he was a contributor... In the sixth round, some of these guys' stock just falls because of injury, such as Peoples-Jones. He could have been a first-round wide receiver, but then he got injured, and then we know they have the quarterback problem over there in Michigan. So you could end up finding a guy like that. There's another receiver over there in Michigan entering the draft this year that's pretty much under the same circumstance. Injury and quarterback play kind of affected his draft stock, but as far as pure talent, he would be a top, you know, going the two – day one or day two as far as in the first three rounds if it wasn't for some of those circumstances so i think miami would be the team that it would make the most sense and he'd make he's gonna make an immediate impact anywhere but as far as like really competing for a championship i think miami would compete right away
1: yeah and they wouldn't have to get they would have to give up a lot but they wouldn't be giving up their immediate future because they have four picks in the first two rounds this year you could do those four picks and throw in a player A throw in Tua. Mm -hmm. Two first, two second this year and Tua for Deshaun Watson. I mean, it'd be – I think Houston would still want a little bit more, but it wouldn't be a terrible trade. And you're not giving giving up the immediate future. You're giving up this year's draft picks. This year as far as
0: draft picks. And you, like you say, you pretty much come back. You know, like I'll say, you come back with the same team you had last year mm-hmm. with a way better quarterback, you know, not to knock Tua because I think Tua could have a great season with all those draft picks they have. Yeah. They can build up that office. They can maybe go get the running back they really want, even though I think their running backs were actually pretty good last year but they could go get one or two more receivers as somebody else on the offensive line. Their defense is pretty much set. I think they could maybe use another linebacker, but I just look at Miami's team and they're pretty much set. The only question is, is it that we have to build around Tua that's going to make him reach the potential that we thought he could get to, you know, immediately coming into the draft? Because the one thing Tua, you know, I kind of, I don't want to kill quarterback, but guys like Joe Burrow, Tua, They're always surrounded by talent. So we don't – we project and see what they did in college, but then they go to these bad teams with not many weapons, Mm -hmm. and we don't know if they can really reach that potential because, like, my question with Joe Burrow was he only had one year of production, and look who he was throwing the ball to. And then before his injury, though, he played great. Yeah. And Tua was – look who he was throwing the ball to. I mean, he's Jalen Waddell, um. Uh, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, all those guys are about to be first-round picks. Two of them yep. were first-round picks last year. Two of them are about to be first-round picks this year. So for a couple of years, you were throwing the first four first-round pick wide receivers. Right. So I think that's the question. But if they can surround him with a Devontae Smith or a Jamar Chase on top of Devontae Parker and Gasecki, I think he could develop. So that's where I almost wouldn't want to give up my immediate future, even though it would only be this year for Deshaun, because what if Tua becomes that franchise quarterback, then we could have had all these picks and surrounded, made our team really strong. But at the same time, you don't want to play the what if when you know what you're going to get with Deshaun Watson right away.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: And so that's why he's, he's the biggest, you know, him. And actually I'll go to the next one is there's been a lot of talk about the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Um, nobody's made any trade demands you know Russell Wilson has noted how unhappy he's been um, on the Dan Patrick show and that's kind of why he's got his name thrown into this quarterback carousel of an offseason something we've never really seen before of a bunch of franchise quarterbacks being made available or speaking out very unhappy it's starting to look like NFL players see what NBA players do and they're kind of going that route so but with Russell Wilson it's, it's vice versa he's unhappy with how they're building the team around him It's not the weapons it's more so his protection and mm-hmm. it's the offensive of play calling um they, they've said that a couple players over the past couple years have said like that offensive of style is outdated you have a guy like russ you have this term let russ cook but then it's like he gets to it every year mvp caliber and then all of a sudden it's like that whole office just goes at a standstill And it's kind of because it's outdated. People figure out the Seahawks. They don't have anything new. They're not like the Chiefs. You know, Pete Carroll isn't a play caller like Andy Reid or Sean Payton or, you know, even the Rams, um, Sean McVay. He's not one of those kind of play calling guys. So there's nothing to really adjust to. They just go until it doesn't uh, work no more. They kind of run their offense into the ground. So what would you say about the Russell Wilson situation like – Do you see it getting fixed? Because right now it seems like both sides are kind of at at an unease with each other. And basically, like I'm I'm almost seeing like it could be a little more humble where I want out. Like, so do you think Russell Wilson, do you think there's any chance that Russell Wilson would ask out of Seattle?
1: I don't think he's going to ask out of Seattle. I think he he views himself on not that he's better than other quarterbacks in the league, but he he holds he holds himself to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be the guy to to beg and cry his way out of a situation. I right. think I I don't think because it's his camp that put it out initially. I believe I don't think he ever wanted it to get out, but he does want it addressed. And at this point, now that. Now that the public knows that he's unhappy with the offensive line, one or two things are going to happen. Either Seattle's going to be forced to fix the situation and get him an offensive line, or trade him, trade him away, get some draft picks, and you know start start the rebuild. Yeah, You're- and his
0: value is the same as Deshaun Watson's. I mean, mm-hmm. if not greater. I know he's a few years older. I know he's like he's like thirty one. I think thirty. thirty three at okay, he's thirty three, but still, like with what we're seeing from Brady and Aaron Rodgers and even Big Ben, I know, like through the year, through this past season, he played really good. But I know he faded out a little bit with him being so old. And you look at like Philip Rivers faded out, but you look at these guys playing close to forty into their forties. Um, I think that that puts Russell Wilson at, you would look like he he at least has another five to six great years left of being a top tier quarterback. And then so I do think the age would play a little bit of factor of his value as opposed to Deshaun Watson's because he like hasn't even Watson hasn't even hit his prime yet but I do think that's a factor is he still has at least five he still has his a big contract left in him and I know he just signed it a couple years ago but he's like one more big contract left of being a superstar quarterback so I think that's going to play a factor and if he wanted out like you said he just holds himself to a higher standard he doesn't Whine about a situation. He kind of humbly let people know he was unhappy when it got addressed on the Dan Patrick Show. It wasn't like he playing, but he was like, "Yes, I am frustrated. You know, I'm back there. We have," and he explained, "I have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I have Chris Carson, and I'm not with none of it. I'm not being protected. I can't get my playmakers the ball. I don't mm-hmm. have that kind of time. My playmakers back there at running back can only do but so much because there's not protection. And if you're your, if you're his offensive line, you might feel some type of way." But sometimes it's get better. Like, do better. Bro, you know you're not doing a great job when Russell Wilson's getting sacked 40-something times in a season. Like, you know you're not doing a great job. You have to. They point it out in film every week. Russ has to say something behind the scenes. I'm sure he's addressed this behind the scenes individually to these offensive linemen before it ever came public. He's not that type of guy. He's not that type of teammate. He's just not that person to just come out. Nobody knew Russell Wilson was unhappy, and now all of a sudden – you know, it's just we're just hearing about it as the public. So, I mean, what team? So his uh, the odds for teams to trade for him came out um, the Vegas betting odds. So if it was to be a trade, the Raiders would be favored to lamb Russell Wilson. My Cowboys would be second. Uh, they, they have them as the second favorites. So what do you think? Like, what do you think it would cost for Russell Wilson? Like, there's no established because they're not really interested in trading him. But what do you think? Do you think it'd basically be two first, two seconds, and two players? Or you think oh. Seattle would more so look at more draft picks as opposed to two players that the Texans are asking for with Deshaun Watson?
1: I think it'd be a little bit less because, one, Russell Wilson is 33. He's not a 25-year-old quarterback who has not hit his prime. Russell Wilson is pretty much about to enter, if not already in his prime, just beginning his prime. So I have probably two firsts. Uh, Maybe a mid round draft pick. That's where I have it at right now. Um, Again, I talked with Mark Tyler the other day and he said he doesn't see he doesn't see it happening. No team is going to trade for him, uh, mainly because he thinks he feels that it was just a way to get the situation handled to get Mm -hmm. a, a better offensive line.
0: Okay, I mean, that makes sense. It does, you know, sometimes you just have to speak out, show your frustrations, Mm -hmm. and be like, we're not letting Russell Wilson go, so we'll fix everything that he wants, you know, (laughs) because he's not complaining about his weapons. They're surrounding him with talent. Like I said, Lockett, DK, Uh, they're interested in trading for Zach Ertz. Like, their name has popped up there. They grabbed Greg Olson for a year. So, that you know, they have Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde at running back. Like, they're putting weapons around him. To basically make sure he could be successful as quarterback, but they're not putting the protection that's required for a quarterback to be great. I mean, look at all the great quarterbacks and all of them are highly protected. I mean, look at Mm -hmm. the Dallas Cowboys. Dak may not be a top five quarterback um, in getting into Dak, but the simple fact that he was protected for years is he can show his full ability. You know, he doesn't have to worry about, he can read the defenses. He has time to make plays. So I think that has something to do. He was a fourth round pick. So for him to be this successful up to this point is you don't see that much from fourth round picks for quarterbacks. Now, granted Tom Brady was a sixth round pick. We know he's the goat that doesn't happen all the time. Like typically, especially with quarterbacks, your late round quarterbacks or mid to late round quarterbacks usually don't become stars. Typically, yeah. it's you find your guys in the first round, and here and there, guys exceed expectations. And then once in a lifetime, you'll have a guy like Tom Brady come and be a six-round pick, and now be crowned the goat um, for years now. But it's really undisputed after his most recent Super Bowl. But you know, speaking on Dak, the contract situation again. Like we talked about this last year, going into this season, we're talking about it this year. Going into this season, the offseason is about to start, and Dak still isn't signed. What do you think Dallas' mindset is there? Because at this point, I personally think, being a Cowboys fan, Dak does have all the leverage. We were horrible last year. And I think with seeing how bad the conference or the division was, we were all bad. We had injuries. The injury bug hit the whole conference. You look at everybody lost their best players. They had questions at quarterback from y'all went through four quarterbacks. We went through four. When you talk about Andy Dalton, Danucci, and uh, Garrett Gilbert. So two of us went through four quarterbacks. They had their quarterback situation in Philly where Jalen Hurts ended up having to start their whole receiving core ended up injured. You know, Daniel Jones didn't make that next step. Saquon Barkley got hurt among others with the Giants. But I think. Everybody talks about how bad that that division was, but the injury bug hit that division almost harder than anybody else when you evaluate who each team lost throughout the year. So there was no stability with any of those teams. But what do you think Dallas – like what is Dallas missing to not get a deal done with Dak? Because now he has the leverage, so I know his price went up. We knew last year what the price was. We don't know yet what he's asking for. I, I, it's speculation that it's close to 40 million, but why is Dallas not keen on getting a deal done? Because it clearly seem they're not that good of a team without Dak. He's your franchise guy, and you're not really going to be able to upgrade without giving up your future. And if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm not willing to give up all these draft picks for Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. as much as they are better than Dak. And I would love to have them. There's more holes than quarterback. We could simply fix our hole at quarterback by just signing our guys. So what do you think Dallas is thinking?
1: Dallas is thinking the fact that you guys were one in four before Dak Prescott got injured. We can't sit here and pretend that you guys were undefeated. You guys were running the league with him Mm -hmm. in the game. Yeah. He was leading the league in, in passing at the time that he got hurt. It was also because you guys were down 20 points every single game. You guys were an, uh, an onside kick away from, you know if the falcons knew how to jump on a ball mm-hmm. it would have been an onside kick away from starting the season zero and five so i don't think he has as much leverage as people think that thinks that he he does because again they weren't that good with him and he's coming off a serious injury that yep. injury you don't know how how certain players respond some players come back stronger better than ever off of an injury and some players are never the same look like at rg3 and I, I, given i know an acl isn't the same as you know, a, a broken ankle, but players have come back from ACL tears and dominated the league. Look at Adrian Peterson. He did it for two to three years after his ACL tear um, and mm-hmm. RG3 kind of just crumbled. Yep. Um. So it's. Dak Prescott had the benefit of the doubt of, he got the benefit of a bad coach for so mm-hmm. many years. Even though the first year they went 14 and 2 and then the second year I think they went 10 and 6, won the division, won a playoff game, but he still got passes because it's a bad coach. This year he got Mike McCarthy Who is supposedly an offensive genius. He's just outdated. He refuses to to improve and involve with the game. Yep. Um and they weren't doing that well. So they're going to cap him or they're going to they're going to tag him again and I'm the, the situation is very similar to ours with kurt cousins a few years ago you know we weren't really sure if he was the dude but there weren't weren't really many options out there so we kind of had to stick with him so we tagged him one year and then he played okay and we tagged him again and then i know if you tag somebody third year in a row it it shoots up the money shoots up that it's pointless 50 million it's pointless to tag them a third year in a row at that point get a deal done because you're basically paying you know 50 million for one year of of work yep so that the Dak Prescott situation is is weird because both teams want want to be involved with Dak wants to be there and the Cowboys want him but Dak feels he is worth a certain amount and the Cowboys don't feel that, that that he is
0: yeah, I mean, I think he's worth it, though, with looking at – I look at, okay, the injury bug hit the whole conference. I understand we we're 1-4, but like I said, if you pay him, there's so much, it's more than just our offense. Our offense really wasn't the problem. Granted, yes, we would be down 20, but we would come out slow, and that's okay, teams can come out slow. But look at Washington, for example, prime example. You guys could afford to come out slow and go 3-0 and out – maybe a, a slight drive the second, you had a great defense. So we could, okay, we may not score right away, but teams aren't scoring on us. Dallas's problem was on the defensive side of the ball. They couldn't stop nobody. I mean, Cleveland puts up 50 points or 49 points against Dallas. Uh, Atlanta still scored 30-something. If they could jump on a the ball, they win the game. You look at, other than the Rams game, our defense was horrible. I mean, we held the Rams to 20 points. They kind of had some things to figure out it was like the first or second game of the season. But you just look at our defense. We gave up so many points, which is why I'm keen on sign Dak and use the draft. I expect us to go after a Patrick Sertan or if Michael Parsons falls to us in the first round. I expect us to go somewhere else on the defense in the second round. And all that could be fixed and no questions asked. If you sign Dak, you don't have to worry about the quarterback situation anymore. Because you look at our offense – Granted, Zeke took a major step back this past year, but you have Zeke and Tony Pollard at running back. That's a nice little duo. Maybe Zeke's done. I'll give him one more year. We'll see. Maybe he's done. But you have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. We drafted CeeDee Lamb in the first round. We put the weapons around Dak. But like you said, we have Mike McCarthy, who he's probably a better um, coach than Jason Garrett. But his office is outdated. This guru stuff that he's talking is why him and Aaron Rodgers fell out because his office is outdated. And so Aaron Rodgers got tired of it. Like, bro, you got to get with the times. And I think that was the problem. And then our defense was terrible. You know, uh, Mike McCarthy brought a terrible defensive coordinator on with him. And so I found that to be a major issue with us was the fact that our defense was horrible. So, yes, we can have all the offensive weapons in the world – But if we come out slow and we're down 14-0, then it doesn't really matter who's your quarterback if you're asking him to come down two, three touchdowns or two to three scores every game. So I think that's a problem with Dallas, which is why I'm keen on just keep Dak. Don't entertain a Deshaun Watson because quarterback isn't your issue. It was your issue once Dak got hurt. But if he's come back and he's healthy and he's ready to go, then quarterback isn't our issue. Our issue is on the defensive side of the ball and maybe even invested some young linemen to build up because our, our offensive line is aging. Also Tyron Smith gets hurt almost every year. You know, we had, we lost Travis Frederick. He retired. Zach Martin ended up getting hurt. Lyle Collins got hurt. So you look at, maybe you need some depth at the offensive line also, but if you have Dak, as long as Dak is healthy, that's not the problem to me with Dallas. So, I think whatever Dak is asking for, I almost pay. I don't think he's asking north of $40 million. He's probably asking about 37 38 and he's just looking at, if I don't ask for that, look at what these guys are about to get paid. Lamar Jackson is up for a contract extension. They're going to try and extend him. You know, all these teams had no problems. The Rams didn't hesitate to give Jared Goff an extension. Philly didn't hesitate to give Carson Wentz an extension. Like, you're looking at it, the only situation we could compare it to was y'all's a few years ago with Kirk Cousins, but Dak is better than Kirk Cousins at the time. I think Dak is better than Carson Wentz. I think Dak has played better than Jared Goff. So for those teams and their franchises, even when we thought they were bad deals, they didn't hesitate to pay their guy. Where Dallas is saying, you're our guy, you're our guy, but then he's looking at Carson Wentz, when he got paid and he's like, they they didn't waste no time showing him that he was their guy. Uh, The Rams didn't waste no time showing him that he was their guy. They're talking about extending Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously we know Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, but I'm just saying when you're saying he's our guy, that's our franchise guy. Look at Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson came in after Dak and got paid before Dak. Like these are franchises telling them you're our guy and they show it with with the contract talks. I understand he's not Deshaun Watson, he's not Russell Willis, he's not Mahomes. But they're valuing him saying he's their franchise quarterback as if he is. He is their Mahomes, he is their Watson, he is their Lamar Jackson. So, that's why I think the problem is is like it sounds good that you're telling the media that I'm your guy and you're going to get a deal done, but then when it comes to these talks, we're way off on a number and it's because you guys are undervaluing what I've done for this franchise up to this point.
1: So here's, here's what I'll say to that. They have provided him every opportunity to win. You went out and got um, Amari Cooper, re you know, extended Zeke, all that. They pay double the offense at, in, in totality. They pay the offense two times more than they pay the defense in total, in total salary cap. But, you realize if the, if they sign Dak Prescott cuz right now as of right now without even signing Dak even to a franchise tag they only have y'all only have 18 million in cap space 18.4 18. million in cap space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So even if you just just give Dak the tag you're now let me see what it has here negative almost 5 million in in yep. cap. So you can not so you got to start figuring out where to where to move people. I think the first person is Zeke. Zeke is very underwhelming ever since he got that contract. You know, if you cut Zeke right now and shout out to over the cap, that's what I'm using. That's what I've been using. They literally have a thing you can go on, cut people, trade them, extend, you know, sign free agents. And it shows you how all the cap works. So if we cut him right now, you're now 24 and a half million of dead money that puts you even worse now you're negative 16 million in cap space Mm -hmm. but if you were to trade him you're only at negative six so a couple million that turns into dead money so it wouldn't be that bad unless you trade him after june 1st yeah it it doesn't change there that's the first person you got to you got to figure out what to do with is, is it trade him? I, yeah. I highly recommend trading. I'm sure there's going to be a player or a team out there that needs a running back like Zeke and they will be more than happy to trade for him. Uh, Dallas will probably still end up having to pay some of his contract just because he's not a very good, he's not producing anymore or he may have to get a restructured deal, but that's the first person that I would look at moving. Um, Hey, to say, it, Tyron Smith would probably be the next person. He's looking at fourteen million for him. Um, he's getting up there in age. Maybe trade him off for a couple draft picks, one or two draft picks. But that defense does seriously need to be looked at because if I, yeah, I agree, I
0: mean there there is some issues with Dallas. Like you're right, there's contract issues with giving guys money too early. Hence, you know Ezekiel Elliott. Um, we paid Amari Cooper, I think deserving, deservingly so. Some people yeah. might disagree, but I just look at his production since being in Dallas. He was a key piece. Uh the year we traded for him, we were 2 and 5. Um we ended up going 8 and 1 after trading for Amari yeah. Cooper. You look at his numbers that he did. Like I think he deserved that money cuz I just look at how much our offense and how much how much better Dak became once we got Amari Cooper, so I don't mind paying Amari. I don't look at his contract as a bad contract. Uh he he had a cu- he missed a couple games. I think this year. Production was a little bit down. He still was over like 1,100 yards this year. So I don't I don't find that as a bad contract. He was never a guy, you know, I think he was a guy. He was never a top-five receiver. He's also a guy that, you know, the market kind of set the tone for him getting $20 million a year. So I don't find that a bad contract. But like you said, Tyron Smith getting old. You know, Ezekiel Elliott's production is going down, and we pay him a ridiculous amount, and there may be a team – that could bite on him for maybe a second, third-round pick. I was seeing that Zeke would be worth probably an early second from one of these bad teams. Maybe, like, even a Miami who's loaded with draft picks would, would cough up their early second-round pick for an Ezekiel Elliott with knowing that they could build a team around Tua, have Zeke still hope that, you know, Zeke has a couple good years left. Um, and then, you know, with what, else, with what everything else they can do, they might give up one of their second-round picks for Ezekiel Elliott, but that is something you got to think about when when you are talking about signing Dak to a contract. So I know it's more complicating than just giving Dak the money, but to stay in the division, Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz is out there basically once out of Philly. Looks like they're going to rock with Jalen Hurts, and it looks like Carson Wentz had played his last down for Philly once he got benched. Um, I think I think the Colts make a lot of sense for Carson Wentz and for them. They got they, they don't have a quarterback. I mean, they have Brissett, so they could kind of use him as the middle man and maybe get a quarterback this year or next year and kind of see what they could do with Brissett. But I think the Colts roster is built to win right now. You had an outstanding performance from Jonathan Taylor, his rookie year. They have some weapons, Michael Pittman Jr. Played amazing like I figured he would. I knew he was going to be an instant impact player alongside, you know, T.Y. Hilton, who's kind of tumbling downwards, but still he could be effective in moments that you need him to be effective in. So what do you think about the Carson Wentz situation? Clearly, once he got benched, the, um, the relationship went sour. But what do you think? Like, where's Carson Wentz's value? Because his contract is looking at as a bad contract right now. We talk about how talented he is but his talent isn't matching his production. Isn't matching the talent. So where do you value Carson Wentz? His
1: contract is his contract is probably the worst in the entire league right now. Um, and their, their cap in totality is God awful. They're at almost 50 million in the hole right now. Um, and that's without, you know, doing whatever they're going to do with Jason Peters Nicole Roby Coleman. Um, so who else they, they got Richard Rogers to deal with, which I think they'll end up letting a couple of those guys go. Um, because Jason Peters is getting up there in age. But he he's he's set to make 34, little more than 34 and a half million dollars this year. They have to get rid of him. Um they he, they clearly don't want him. And I, I agree with you that. Um, Indy is is makes the most sense. It's a mm-hmm. great place for him. Frank Wright is there. Um, uh, Stephen Gillespie says all the time that that he did well his MVP caliber season. The year they got hurt, the year that the Eagles went to the Super Bowl because of Frank Wright. Yep. So if he goes there, is back under a Frank Wright system, maybe he does revitalize his career. Maybe that contract doesn't look that bad. Maybe he gets to an AFC Championship game against Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. You know. Uh, but the Eagles do need to get rid of him if they're not going to rock with him. Then get rid of him because you're nearly fifty million dollars in the hole in cap space for 2021. You need to get rid of that contract and get rid of it quick.
0: Yeah, and I, like I said, I think the Colts. But I, from what my understanding, is Philly's asking price for Carson Wentz like teams are getting frustrated with how Philly's value uh, valuing Carson Wentz. Like they're getting a little frustrated. They've, there's been packages implemented. I think San Francisco might even make some sense. Um, if they're not really rocking with Jimmy G, which is another quarterback that's a part of the quarterback quarterback carousel. And it's crazy because Jimmy G as a starter says being in San Francisco. Now granted, he's been injured. Um he's injury prone, but he's like twenty six and six or something close to that, if I'm not mistaken, as a starter. So it'd be crazy that a guy who wins those kind of games, that many games, has that kind of record, is your team is unhappy. But like I said, you know, we're not in a time where you ride the back of your defense all the way up and win a championship. And San Francisco just went to the Super Bowl last season, and they kind of lost the game because of the performance of Jimmy G and the lack of playmaking ability that he has. He's a good system quarterback. I think he would have fit fine in New England replacing Tom Brady. Granted, he wouldn't have been Tom Brady, but he's a good system quarterback. They don't need big plays. Mm-hmm. You know, make the right reads, and that's about it. We got it on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to give you one of the best defenses in the league, and you just are in the right system. Granted, you know, all the talk about Tom Brady was just a system quarterback. da 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 -da obviously ended once he went to Tampa with Bruce Arians in his air raid offense and wins the Super Bowl. So, you know, but I do think there still was a system balance where Jimmy G would have been successful in New England. Um, I just think San Francisco is kind of looking, and that's their weak link is their quarterback spot. They ran their way to a Super Bowl last year. They ran and played defense, but yep. like I said, you know we look at all these quarterbacks right now. You're not winning a championship based solely on running the ball in defense. You know the Bucks had a really good defense, and they had Tom Brady at quarterback. The Chiefs didn't have that great of a defense, but they had Patrick Mahomes. You know the Packers didn't have the greatest defense. But they had Aaron Rodgers. They played in the NFC Championship. Um, The Saints, they they had a really good defense and an aging Drew Brees, but they still had Drew Brees at quarterback. You know, so the Buffalo Bills, their defense kind of dropped down a little bit. Still were a competent defense, probably above average, but not as great as it was the season prior to this past season. But they had Josh Allen made a tremendous jump and was in the MVP talk all year, all year long. And the, the addition of Stephon Diggs, clearly Josh Allen was just missing that number one wide receiver yeah. because Cole Beasley was still great at the slot. You know he's still been productive for them. Um, apparently the past few years or past few weeks, the last few weeks he was playing on like a partially broken leg. But you've seen what getting Josh Allen the number one wide receiver did for him and his improvement. So I just look at it with all these great quarterbacks that can sling the ball down the field. A guy who can just game managers is not the way to go. Tom Brady even showed you like he game managed his way to the Super Bowl once it came playoff time. But eventually Tom Brady was going to have to be Tom Brady for them to win the Super Bowl. And that's exactly what it was. The defense came up big and then he had a great game. You know, it's two touchdowns to Gronk his his touchdown pass to Antonio Brown. Yeah, he just he played really great. Granted the numbers don't pop out at you as far as he didn't throw for 400 yards, but he made every pass he needed to make. Like I said, three touchdown passes, over 200 yards, um 60 something percent completion percentage. So he played a really great game. He played a Tom Brady. What we expect Tom Brady to do in the Super Bowl. So then we'll keep it in the division one more time kind of before we wrap up overall Washington uh, we'll, get, we'll let you get into your team. Y'all, y'all don't have a quarterback controversy hearsay because you're kind of looking for a quarterback. But what are your expectations or, like, if you were, like, play GM for Washington for a minute. What do you think your team should do as far as their quarterback situation? Because we know Alex Smith, he could be the guy as far as, You know, maybe draft a Kyle Trask or something this year in the second, third round. He might fall to like the second, third round. Maybe Mac Jones takes a dip outside of the first round. You get him, play Alex Smith. But I think the only thing wrong with that situation is Alex Smith still got hurt this past year. He missed a couple games, ended up playing one game injured, and then realized he shouldn't have did that. So he didn't play in the playoffs. I think that hurt y'all tremendously because the way y'all defense played, y'all might could have beat the Bucs had Alex Smith been the quarterback and not Heineke. Um, even though he stepped up and played really good, he just, he surprised us because we didn't know what to expect from him. And you said it yourself. A lot of times guys who you don't have film on end up playing really good. And that's exactly what he did. But I think they might've had a stronger chance of winning that game. If Alex Smith plays. So what do you think Washington should do with their quarterback situation?
1: Um trade alex smith if he decides to come back i think they should trade him Mm -hmm. um if not outright cut him because alex smith if if alex smith would have played that game um we there would be no talk of washington being tampa's toughest game in the playoffs because absolutely they were 100 that was their toughest game that they had all um throughout their playoff run the thing that made Taylor Heineke good in that game was his ability to get out of the pocket and get out, get away from the pressure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Alex Smith would not have been able to do that. He couldn't even do that against the Philadelphia pass rush in that Week 17 game. Um, and there's no way that anybody can possibly think that he would have been able to do that against Tampa Bay to be able to get out of trouble um, and make plays the way that Heineke did. What I would do if, if I was the GM... Um, I I would I would call Seattle first. I I'll call Seattle because he's going to be cheaper. I believe mm-hmm. he's going to be cheaper than Deshaun Watson. If I want, you know, long-term, sure. Figure out what's going on with Watson. But I think there's, we still have holes. Our linebacking core is not where it needs to be. We probably had the worst linebacking core um, in the league last season. And no disrespect to the guys that we had to John Bossick, uh, Holcomb, and all that. But it was just they didn't play great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You look at a team like Tampa Bay Their linebackers Are fast Those linebackers They're no joke You need a good linebacking core You know in a You can have a good You know Front four All day But you but, need that you know, front seven You need a front seven So I, I'd call About Russell Wilson um, See what it would take to To kind of At least At the very least Open up Seattle's ears Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. They. They. They want. Let's. Let's talk. Let's start figuring out where we. Where. Where we need to get to to agree to a trade. Um. If that doesn't work, um. Then go for Deshaun Watson. Go all in. Mm-hmm. Um. I've. I've put a, together a couple draft packages or trade packages that I think would suffice that are good. Um. <clears throat> they might be a little bit more than than what people would want to give up, but again, we are if we had a quarterback last season. I'm a very firm believer. We would have been a 12, 12 and 14.
0: At least at the very least 10 and six. Like at, you look at the right. quarterback situation. Y'all won seven games. Like I said, I value like I look at measuring like even with Dallas or, or Miami, like how I valued measured Miami. I think Deshaun Watson was at least two to three games, mm-hmm. uh, two to three in the W column over Tua or Ryan Patrick. And that's at the very least. I think the same thing in Washington. So you are right that, you know, people might, you know, four to five wins over the fact of no consistent quarterback play. You didn't know, you know, week in and week out, y'all didn't know who was going to be the quarterback. Started with Dwayne Haskins. Obviously, he couldn't get right. Then he went to Alex Smith. And Then, obviously, he got hurt, and you go to yep. Heineke. Like, so with the inconsistent quarterback play, it's easy to measure that y'all would be at least three to four games. So at least – 10-6, and 11-5 yep. with that defense. I mean, Chase Young and Montez Sweat put on a show defensively this past year. Chase Young came into the league exactly who everybody thought he was. Yep. He played just like the guy who we contemplated should Cincinnati consider him over Joe Burrow. Both you and me going into the draft said no, they shouldn't because it's a quarterback. But you should think about it. Like if yep. you're not considering taking Chase Young over Joe Burrow, then I think you were a little crazy. But overall, I would have went Joe Burrow also just because I have to address my quarterback situation. So, exactly. But Chase Young came out, you know, to be exactly what we thought he'd be, probably even better because we look at Chase Young's probably going to be the best defensive end in football in two years. Like mm-hmm. two to three years, he's probably going to be the next J.J. Watt as far as he was undisputed. He might be one of the best players in football, period. You know, in a in a couple years, by the time he gets that off his rookie contract, he's probably gonna be one of the best defensive players in football. So I do think, you know, what they did on that front four, like you said, the linebackers, but that quarterback, that Deshaun Watson play, like having him, y'all might have could have went, you know, to the NFC Championship. It's like it sucks to get your hopes up like that, but it's true. Like y'all might have could with that defense and Deshaun Watson throwing to Terry McLaurin, Gibson, Gibson was a competent. Running back, like, he was competent. He, he had some really good games. So, you know, but, like, what are your trade packages for Deshaun? Because you said you might be willing to give up with your GM hat on more than what people would say. So what would you consider if you're Washington and we're going all in on Deshaun Watson? What is going all in on Deshaun Watson?
1: So what I've put together, and, I, again, I think I think it's, it's a good deal for both teams. So I have us giving up our number 19th overall, our 51st overall, and our 74th overall. That's our first three uh, draft picks, first, second, third round. That 74th pick is actually the trade uh, pick we got from San Francisco in the Trent Williams trade. Mm -hmm. So we still will have another third-round pick and then a first round next year. So all together, two firsts, a second, a third, Matt Ioannidis and Jonathan Allen. So I'm giving you, you're not getting your two first, two second, two starters. You're getting two first, a solid second, a third, and two defensive starters on the line to give up, to um, make up for losing J.J. Watt a little bit um, for Deshaun Watson and Houston's 67th pick. So mm-hmm. basically swapping thirds. They get the first, they get a second, they get a first next year. Two solid players, and I would have no problem trading out my Matt Ioanitis for Montez Sweat. They want a Montez Sweat. If that's what we get the deal done, do it. Because we're gonna lose him in three years anyways. Mm-hmm. Might as well not even have to worry about it. Um, I like I said, I think that's a more than fair trade.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's it's a lot. Um, but like you said, you're looking at you might not have Montez Sweat. Soon, you know, uh, with knowing that Chase Young is about to reset the market, they're probably going to extend him the minute he's up for a contract extension. And then, like you said, Deshaun Watson, like he's just that dude. As long as he plays all 16 games, which he just did and led the league in passing yards, like you pointed out earlier, he led the league in passing yards this past year Um, mm-hmm. with Brandon Cooks, uh, Randall Cobb, and Will Fuller. And Will Fuller got suspended at the end of the season. He didn't even play the whole season. So you exactly. just look at some of his weapons, uh, uh, Atkins at tight end. So uh, not the greatest running back. David Johnson wasn't what we we. He pretty much continued to be the running back of the past. You know he didn't he didn't play like we seen him at his best years in Arizona before that injury. So I do think that they were missing a, a running back. That's when well, you have Deshaun Watson. It doesn't matter. Y'all have Gibson. At running back, he'll do just fine. You have Terry McLaurin. You probably could snag, like you said, if you're talking about you already have a third round pick still, anyway. So you're talking about you could snag another receiver. This is another receiver heavy draft. Some guys might slip. You might find a Terrace Marshall. He's rated anywhere from late first all the way to the middle of the third. Like, depending on the mock draft you get or look at, you know. Terrence Marshall could be there. It's possible. Rashad Bateman, it's possible he could be there. Once he opted out Uh, after the first couple of games, his stock went down a little bit. And, you know, not really having a true combine. So just evaluating who y'all can get to put a, on the other side of Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is a number one wide receiver. He's exceeded expectations yep. as far as what I thought would be in a big Buckeyes fan. I knew he'd be good, but I didn't think he'd be this good. Like, and that's without a, a great quarterback like yeah. he's playing how he's playing where he's probably a top 10 wide receiver with no Patrick Mahomes no Lamar Jackson no Russell Wilson getting him the ball it's been Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith and Heineke and whoever else you want to look at so I do think Deshaun to Washington makes a lot of sense uh like I said I think to Miami makes the most sense to me yeah. but I think to y'all just like i I where you said the Raiders to stay away from your team. I think it's like Miami and then y'all are the Raiders because he'll be an instant impact. And with not having a problem on defense and having your answer at quarterback and with Washington, they're in the NFC East who we don't know what's going to happen with Dak and Dallas. And we don't know, we don't expect Philly to be that good. The giants may not be that good. You know it's kind of up for grabs again with you guys being the favorites but we don't know there's so- situations on each team where we don't know how teams are going to mm-hmm. handle those situations and how they're going to pan out you guys are right now going into the season being a favorite so why not elevate that and separate yourselves by getting a deshaun watson
1: yeah we're definitely we got we have pieces to not necessarily win now but to compete now if we could shore up our linebacking core I think we're, we're definitely a win now team, and with somebody like Watson, just to go back to my point earlier, I think we would have been a 12 and 14 because the Giants, we would have beat them both times. Seattle was a close game that, if it wasn't for our, our core quarterback play, we probably would have beat them. Carolina for sure, and Detroit wouldn't have been that close if we had solid quarterback play. That's one, two, three, four, five, five more wins easily. But you can and make y'all beat the
0: Bucks in the We probably just, beat the Bucks if you just want to take all the regular season wins out the window. And you have Deshaun Watson. You place him in that game over Heineke, and y'all play the Bucks the way your defense played, and the way Tom Brady struggled in that game because of the pressure. Y'all probably beat the Bucks, and you could have went on and beat the Saints. Drew Brees didn't like you. Just value, evaluate how everybody looked in the playoffs. It it wouldn't be out. It wouldn't be crazy to say that y'all would have beat the Bucks and then went on to beat the Saints. When well, you just look at how y'all played that game minus a quarterback, like. Heinecke's first start is in the playoffs. That's yep. crazy. Like, you know, that's a lot of pressure from a young guy who never played at a big school, you know, never really had a big game. My first start, all the pressure is in the playoffs. So, you know, that's another thing. Deshaun Watson been there. He's been to the playoffs. He's played, you know, under those pressure situations. He's played for a winning team. The Texans, you know, are a year away or a year removed from being in the playoffs. Granted, they gave up that big lead to Kansas city, but you look at how great he looked. I think that had everything to do with coaching because Deshaun Watson looked flawless when they got up 24 to zero, but then it's like the coach played scared. Like he didn't want another Falcons Patriots situation to happen. And that's exactly what happened is that defense kind of will give everything in front of us. And Patrick Mahomes ended up picking that defense apart. So when you really look at it, Deshaun Watson is a winner his rookie year before he tore his ACL, he was on a ridiculous tear. He was averaging, like, four touchdowns a game. You know, I think he had through, like, four games, five games. He had, like, he had, like, 16 touchdowns through, like, his first four starts. You know, Will Fuller was going crazy that year also. But I do think – I just – Deshaun Watson is the leader of the quarterback carousel and all these guys that um whose names are going to pop up in trades and, you know, what moves are they going to make, contracts as far as that goes, you know, trades – with Carson Wentz. We don't know the situation with Russell Wilson, probably not going to get traded. I would assume he wouldn't, he just wants results. So he did that. So with that being said, man, I'm gonna let you close it out. You know, um, plug in your social media, tell us where to find you, listen to, you know, go ahead and tell us about your new show coming here in a couple of weeks and floors yours.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, you already know where you can find me FNC pod right there on Twitter. Uh, football and show podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Like most said, I do have a show coming out soon, premiering March 3rd, it's called cruise Island. If y'all have ever listened to any of our overreaction Mondays, y'all know I come with the hot takes DK Metcalf still going to be the goat. Um, unless Russell Wilson gets traded, then I, I might have to revisit that one. But um, yeah, definitely. If you got hot takes, tweet them hashtag cruise Island. So I can see them. I'm going to do the hottest takes from the week prior and the week coming up. Uh, along with some of my own. Definitely going to be a lot of fun. Um, go check out. I'm on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, Wherever you get your podcasts, I'm there. Go check out my latest conversation with Mark Tyler, as I mentioned earlier. Um, talked with him the other day. Uh, we talked about basically the same thing, coaching Carousel, mainly focused around Washington and what he thinks that the the team's plan is from here on out. Uh, He is a writer for Hogshaven. Definitely go check them out. Dope, dope site if you're a Washington fan. Um, But that's it. That's all I got coming up.
0: Yep. And y'all know where to find me. Up at Flames Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Mo underscore cheese 15. Instagram and Twitter for my personal account. Facebook. You know, as y'all are listening, whatever you're listening on, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, um, Google Podcasts. Pretty much almost anywhere you could get your podcast. Y'all know where to find Up at Flames, but Cruz, it's been great to have you on. And on that note, Up in Flames is out.